0: Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Irish Home Show. I'm your host, Ben Thompson, the friendly estate agent, and each week I'm taking you through each of the stages in the house buying process in Ireland. So far, we've taken you from savings to mortgage approval, through house hunting, and finally going sale agreed. In the last two weeks, we talked to Suzanne Parker of Parker Law about the steps of picking a solicitor and what they do for you when you're buying a home. And last week, I spoke to Noel Tate of Get House Survey about getting your survey done on a property. This week, we're going to talk through the last few steps on the financial side of buying a home and finally getting the keys to your new house. First, in my this section, I'm going to quickly run through all the steps you're going to be taking with finally agreeing your mortgage, getting the valuation, and also talking about home insurance. Then, I have a great interview with Nile O'Connor from BeatTheBank.ie. They are a fantastic new mortgage protection service and he is going to talk you through everything you need to know about mortgage protection, why you need it, what it's there for, and how to make sure you are set up so you have it ready when you need it when you're coming to draw down for your mortgage. Finally, at the end of the episode, we'll be going through our usual features of in, out and away, looking at properties around the country to see what you can afford where. And then new home versus old home. I'm going to be picking a new home in an area and then a similarly priced old home and see what you can get for the value for money. And finally, at the end of the show, I'll be wrapping up with the latest property and housing news for the last couple of weeks. So stay tuned. Thanks for coming back. Please subscribe and follow us on all our social media at Irish Home Magazine to see a lot of the visuals from this podcast. Welcome to the Sale Agreed Explainer section, part two. Now in episode eight, we covered the first three steps you're going to take when you go sale agreed on a property. First, paying a booking deposit to the sales agent to secure the property. Second, to appoint a conveyancing solicitor who's going to handle your side of the sale. And three is booking a surveyor. We talked last week to Noel Tate of Get House Survey about what surveyors do and how to book one. Now, this week, we're going to cover the next few steps that are really important in going from sale agree to getting your keys. That is going to be around the financial matters around the property. First of all, and most importantly, starting with your mortgage. Now, you would have already had mortgage approval with your bank before you even started bidding on properties. This is your approval in principle, AIP. This is just a term, a figure that they will allow you to borrow on a property. It's hypothetical at that stage until you actually find a property and go say it agreed with the owners and the agent. Now that you've done that and secured the property and know the figure you'll agree to pay on it, they can kick into gear and start all the paperwork off around that property. So first of all, you're going to need to provide them with the name of the property, uh, probably the agent's name and details so they can contact them as well and the price that you have agreed to pay. Now this will get sent to your solicitors on both sides by the agent as well when they write to them, but you can pass this on straight to your mortgage broker and bank and they can get the ball rolling on all the financial details. Your bank is gonna go through a process of turning that approval in principle, that hypothetical loan into the real piece of paper that is gonna be your loan on the properties, your full approval. That is gonna be specific for the name of the property and the price that you are paying. Now they go through their own steps of due diligence with support from your solicitors, including getting a valuation on the property. Now they might instruct someone to go out and you may be hands-free. Sometimes they will give you a list of valuers that you can use and you can go and pick one yourself. The valuation is usually pretty straightforward in any normal market. The value will go out and see that you are paying a fair price for the property. If it's been properly marketed and perhaps you're bidding with other people, that shows that you are buying the property at around the right market level. It's very rarely do they reject a property. And at the end of the day, they are also just going to see that the property exists and it is the right number of bedrooms that are, are on paper and just to protect the bank to make sure that you are buying what you say you are buying. Now, you will have to pay for the valuer. It's usually around 150 euros. It could be slightly more perhaps, but you have to pay that out of pocket yourself. Now, this valuation usually has a finite period. It may be four months or six months. So it's sometimes best. You'd normally be encouraged to do it straight away once you go see a degree. Perhaps if you are expecting a longer term, maybe there is a a property still in probate and you're thinking it might take longer. It may be cautious to delay it a little bit. Otherwise, if that four-month clock expires, you may have to go back and pay another €150 for another valuation, which we don't want to do. So just hold back on that if you think it might take a while. But otherwise, best to get on with it. Now, the final thing as well is now that you have agreed the price you're going to pay, you can start locking in or agreeing to the terms of the mortgage you were taking out. Uh, again, before you found a property and when you were applying for it, it was all kind of hypothetical. The bank would be quoting you the rates of they're offering, whether for a variable term, which goes up and down with uh, with central bank interest rates, or a fixed term that may be a single figure or a payment that will be for the next uh, 5, 10, years or whatever fixed term you take now it's time to come and fix the agreed rate that you are going to take from them all it may have changed since you first got approval especially in the last few months when interest rates have gone up Um, so now is the time to have a look again and reassess and maybe take advice if you're using a mortgage broker it's worth talking to them but it is a very personal thing you can go with a variable rate which will usually be lower uh, at the moment um, but it could go up and down as interest rates go up and down in the next few months uh, or you can go with a fixed rate which will lock you in for a fixed period of time so you know exactly what you're going to be paying uh, they can typically be two or three or five years some longer ones like 10 years uh, which gives you a great peace of mind that you're going to have the same rate uh, for the next 10 years and you don't worry about it now after that you may have to reapply and it may go up uh, that's a risk you're you're sort of willing to take uh, you're having to make a decision now do you think look I would i rather have the certainty in the short term and i'll worry about that in the longer term So you're going to have to think about agreeing that now the final rate is only agreed almost at the last minute before closing. But just start going through the process now of looking at those figures and what it means for you. Also, in terms of agreeing what price you're going to pay, you now know exactly what you're going to have to pay in terms of a deposit. If you're a first time buyer, you are paying 10%. If you maybe got the house a little bit cheaper than your your approval in principle, then you just have to recalculate what what money you're spending on the property and what is coming from mortgage and what is coming from your savings as a deposit we have a great final budget check page in the irish homebuyers journal and that allows you to finally put on paper what you've agreed to buy the property for what your loan would be and what your deposit needs to be. and then calculate what you have left over you know by now what your legal fees are going to be you've probably paid the survey you've paid the 150 euro valuation fee It's a good time in your process to work out exactly your uh, costs, what you have saved, uh, what you have for a mortgage and work out what you have left over for furnishings or refurbishments or moving costs, etc. So sit down now, now that you know what you're buying, the big uncertainty is gone, the figure you're going to buy the house for, you can work out all the details and see what money you have left on the table. Now, in addition to agreeing the loan that you're going to get, you're also going to be deciding at this point about home insurance, mortgage protection, and perhaps some other insurance or financial products. These are things that you probably don't think about too much in advance when you're house hunting or trying to get the mortgage approval. That's all you can really think of. But these are very important, actual essentials that you need to have in place before you can draw down your mortgage and buy the house. So first of all, home insurance. In a snapshot, home insurance covers the uh, risk of your house having a, a severe issue, uh, a leak or something falling down or burning down in a fire. Home insurance is to cover the value of rebuilding the house. For typical houses, it may be 50 to 100 euro per month. It's not a huge amount, but you are going to be paying it over the lifetime of the, uh, the time you own the home. It is a requirement to get a mortgage on a house to have home insurance. Now, just a quick thing on the value of the property. You may be going out and buying a house for 500,000 euros. That's the market price of the property that you are willing to pay. But for home insurance purposes, they take what is called the rebuilding rate. So that is the cost of rebuilding that house exactly the same as it is now. So in in case it did fall down or burn down, uh, there would be an insurance policy in place to pay you the total sum you would require to rebuild it. Now, that figure can be different from the market price you're paying, depending on where you're buying. If you're buying a a house in in an expensive suburb in Dublin, the market price is probably going to be a lot more than the cost of rebuilding. And then again, if you're buying something down the country, the price of buying it is probably cheaper than the cost of rebuilding it. Now there are some differences if trying to rebuild a, a four bed house in Dublin and building a four bed house in in Westmeath or something like that. You know it would be slightly cheaper in certain areas depending on the on the location and, and restrictions and materials. But in general, the cost of building a four bed house is is mostly quite uh, the same across the country. You can go and find out the average rebuilding cost of your particular property on the SESI website. That's the Society of Chartered Surveyors Ireland website there you can find their rebuilding cost calculator Um, so say if you have a a four bed house it may be that it would only cost you four hundred and fifty thousand to rebuild you're insuring the property for that amount not the price you're willing to pay so just when you're entering it in whether you're doing it with your bank or a broker or you're doing it with another independent uh, insurer uh, make sure you have the right figure in there otherwise you may be over or underpaying for what you need Alongside home insurance, there is also contents cover. This is usually included in it. You've done the cost of rebuilding the house, but you're also going to ensure the cost of your content in it. Uh, at this stage, you need to do a valuation. Now, there are sort of typical averages. Some people will put 30,000. Some people put 50,000. Some people may be putting more for a bigger house or they have a extensive shoe collection or something like that. Um, but it is cover the cost of everything in your house. And it can be quite considerable when you add it up. If you add up all the plasma TVs, your clothes, it may include appliances, you know, a large fridge or an oven or something like that. Um, if you add it all up, what would it cost you to replace everything in your house, including all the kids' things, including all your valuables and worldly possessions? So it's something to worth adding up. And this is going to be an addition to your house. Now, for apartment owners... You are buying an apartment in a block. The block cover will cover the insurance for the building itself and the built landscape around it. So if anything happens with that, that'll be covered by the block insurance. You don't need to worry about that. You're probably paying a portion of that in your service charge. You do need home insurance for the inside of your property. So anything within your four walls in an apartment block is yours to cover. So say if there's a leak in your sink uh, and it damages your wood floors, that is something that you would claim on your own insurance. If it is anything outside of that, if it's a leak from someone upstairs that comes through and ruins your ceiling, then it's for the management company to take responsibility for and mediate. So you need to have sufficient insurance to cover the inside of your property plus your contents as well. That's home insurance. The second thing is mortgage protection. Now, in my interview coming up, I'm talking to Nalo Connor from Beat the Bank. They are the experts in mortgage protection. He will go into more detail there. But in a brief snapshot here, mortgage protection is an insurance policy you take out in case you the the earner whether it's yourself or your you and your partner are unable to continue paying the mortgage in the case of perhaps your early death the bank needs to be guaranteed that they will receive the repayments that you promised to pay for the next 30 years it's a life insurance policy but it's not for you it's for your bank now that might feel a bit strange it feels like that if in the unfortunate event of your death early the bank gets the money and not your family but it does mean that the mortgage is paid off so say if i passed away and we still owe two hundred and fifty thousand on our loan that would be paid off because of our mortgage protection insurance and that means my wife and kids would keep the house mortgage free and it would be paid off and they wouldn't have to worry about that it's something that you are legally required to take out when you're getting a mortgage in ireland but you may supplement it as well you may increase it you may add to it with a life insurance policy so say if again if i passed away unfortunately Um, maybe that the mortgage get paid off and there'd be another 100 or 200,000 euros there as a pot of money for my wife and family to live off in the absence of my income. So they are essentials. Mortgage protection is a requirement. Life insurance is an optional extra if you can afford it and if you think it's necessary. So that is something to look into. We'll talk about more of that in a minute in our main interview finally with regard to all these insurance policies a lot of people just go with whoever their bank offers them so if you're banking with aib they have a tied insurer with irish life if with bank of ireland it may be with uh, someone else they will put a policy in front of you with a few variables but with only one company that you're being offered a policy from and you're kind of you're not tied to it you don't have to go with them but at this stage in the buying process um, It's very easy just to sign on the dotted line. You want to get on with things. You sign all the papers and you just take whatever rate you're being offered. I'd stop at that point. It's worth shopping around. This is a financial product that it doesn't need to have extra bells and whistles to it. It is a straightforward requirement. You need a certain amount, but it is a numerical figure. There's no sort of nuance to it. If you can find a cheaper rate, but you're not getting a lesser product, you're better off getting out there and finding the best rate you can for what you need. So When we talk to to Niall at Beat the Bank, you can hear from them about how they try and give the lowest rates in Ireland. And definitely shop around. Don't just go to your own bank for home insurance and mortgage protection and life cover. Talk to an expert. All right, let's move on and get on with my interview with Niall from BeatTheBank.ie. So this week on the podcast, I'm delighted to introduce Niall O'Connor from BeatTheBank.ie. Niall, how are you?
1: Good, thanks. Thanks, 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 thanks for having me on.
0: Good. It's great to have you. Now, as you know, we've been following through the series uh, of buying a house from starting with savings, going for mortgage approval, getting sale agreed. And we're at that stage now where people have secured the property they are going to buy. And they're probably rushing around to finalize what interest rate they're going to get and get all their details ready with their solicitor to finally close a sale. Um, this, I think, is a perfect point to talk about mortgage protection. It's something that a lot of people probably don't even think about in advance of this stage. They probably haven't even ever even known it existed. Um, but look, tell me, what is mortgage protection, and why do buyers need it when they are buying their first house?
1: Okay, that's a good start, Ben. So, so essentially, mortgage protection is something that the bank needs a plan assigned to the mortgage that you're that you're drawing down with that particular institution. So, an example, I give you, if someone is applying for a three hundred thousand mortgage. They have to have a minimum of life cover for that amount, plus the term that they're taking out for which may be 25, 30 years. That plan is essentially assigned to the bank, uh, and as part of your loan offer, you'll have what's called a deed of assignment. And essentially, the bank take ownership of that plan. So God forbid something was to happen throughout the term of the repayments of the mortgage, is that the bank have the first say on where that that a fund is is paid to? So, in an example, with a life company, if someone passes away during the term of the mortgage, the amount will be paid directly to the bank, and any residual amount that's after the the balance has been cleared goes to the next of kin or to the estate. So, mortgage protection essentially is it's a life cover plan assigned to the bank. On a decreasing level and basis where in in line with the mortgage repayments coming down to ensure that there's enough cover to protect the bank, essentially, uh, should one or or both parties in a mortgage, um, unfortunately, pass away throughout the term. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um, um to, to get this uh, clearer in my head, everyone knows what life insurance is. It's sort of a cover that will pay out if if you pass away, if you're the main breadwinner, for example, and that your family will be covered. This is this is slightly different because it's not your family that's getting the money initially. It's your mortgage bank. Essentially, is that right?
1: Yes. And so so a lot of people confuse that they what mortgage protection and life insurance is. So life life insurance, for example, if someone takes out a life insurance plan, it's not mandatory to take it out because it's not for a particular event. But the reason why someone would take out life cover is if they have dependence on their income or if they have young children or a spouse. And the reason for that is it's a tax-free payment that's paid to your spouse in the event of you passing away to ensure that they're able to sustain the standard of living that they have. So for mortgage protection, you actually lose ownership of the plan. It's assigned to the bank and the bank are the one who get first sort of dibbies on that amount of money because they want their money back. So essentially why it's a legal requirement is because the last thing they want is one of the one or two of the main providers of the house not having a mortgage protection plan, uh, someone passing away for whatever reason over a 30-year, 25-year period, and essentially where do they get their money back from? They can't get the money back. They don't want to be seen to obviously having to put her family through financial devastation and a financial, I suppose, um, uh, situation where they can't afford to pay it back or uh, essentially that they have to uh, repossess the home. That's not a situation the bank want to be in or the individuals in that family because you're going through financial devastation and a family devastation at the same time. I've dealt with the claims over the years and unfortunately a lot of people say why do we need to take it out? Why are we being forced to take it out? It's actually to protect your family Mm -hmm. essentially that they they, they don't have a loan hanging over their head should something happen to the two or, or one main person in the household that's actually secured the mortgage on the property.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a better way to think about it, that it's not just, you know, this is this is going to the bank. It's actually that if, say, you know, you were the main breadwinner and you passed away, that your family would be, the mortgage would be paid off at that stage, they would own the house outright, they wouldn't be hmm. in an unstable financial or, or housing situation. Um, for the rest of their lives if you have a, a spouse or, or kids or whatever. So yeah, that, and that, I think it, ma- it makes sense to me there that it is much more reassuring to have as something that's essential.
1: And I suppose one, one question we always get asked is just when when um, the, the documents come out to somebody is why are, are the life insurance company assuming a rate of 6% interest rate on your mortgage protection? And essentially, why they do that is there there's a buffer there to make sure that the mortgage protection plan will always have a, a residual of life cover over what the balance is going to be. Now, obviously, obviously right. hopefully, we're not in, with inflation. We're not going to go to six percent interest rates. And um, essentially, life co- life companies may have to reassess that. But but it's making sure that the the plan will always have an element of life cover that can be paid out to the estate, God forbid with something to happen to someone else. Because the last thing you want is a shortfall in the life cover. For example, back to the 300,000, say someone passes away 15 years in and it's 150,000 left and the life cover plan only pays at hundred and thirty. Where does that 20,000 come, difference come from? So that's why they assume a 6% rate. It's nothing to do with the interest rate you're actually paying, you're actually drawing down on. It's just to make yeah. sure that there's a, that there's, there's a buffer.
0: Okay, yes, yeah, so use that 300,000 figure. Yes. So say I've, I've gone and bought a house today for 400,000 euro and my mortgage is 300,000 euro. Um, the life insurance would cover that amount if I died the next day. Um, mm-hmm. but as you said, it, it decreases over time. So as I over a 25 or 30 year term, I am slowly paying off the capital sum of my mortgage and say in 10 years time, it's only 200,000 euro. The life insurance policy decreases. So the amount you're paying monthly would naturally decrease is that. Right.
1: The, the, the amount you're paying per month stays the same, but the amount of life cover you're getting is reducing. But there is an, opp- an, an opportunity to take out either a decreasing mortgage section plan, which is, as you said, it's decreasing the larger mortgage payments, mm-hmm. or there's a level term where the cover back to your, your 300,000, where it stays 300,000 for the whole term of the plan. So in that scenario is in 29 years time of 30 year mortgage, the life cover will still be 300,000. But obviously the loan will be close to, close to maybe 10, 15,000 left on it. So some people go with that option because obviously when you take out life insurance uh, in your early twenties or thirties is that it's going to be a lot cheaper than it is, say, 20, 25 years down the road. And um, so again, right. it's, it's, it's suppose it's, it's down to the individual, their personal circumstances and what they feel is important to them. And, um, but from a point of view from the, the, what we do, I'd always say to people is give the bank the minimum, minimum they require which is life cover on a decreasing basis, and then look at your overall holistic financial planning, which is you, yourself, your partner, your family, to make sure that you have benefits in place that are, that are going to protect you, not the bank. Yes,
0: yeah, so um, a lot, and this is what I did when I signed up for my mortgage protection, is that I have a mortgage protection policy and a life cover as well. So the mortgage company gets paid off, and then my family would get another 250000 or 300000 whatever it is, um, which would sustain them for the rest of what would have been my working life if I had passed away.
1: Uh, yeah. And also just to say is that there is an opportunity and this is probably uh, more prevalent when people go in to meet the bank advisor. What they try and do is they try to sort of the plan that you, you're pr- uh, proposed to you would be a mixture of a couple of things. It might be a mixture of um, life cover, might be a mixture of illness cover, might be a mixture of bill cover. So people get completely flustered and confused about what yes. actually they're taking out. So what I always say to people is the best thing to do is to go to, to either an independent person who can advise you on particular products that should be taken out at different stage of life. And obviously, when you're taking out a mortgage, it's a massive financial commitment for the longest period of time in your life. So it's really important that it's structured correctly. So give the bank the, the the basics in relation to giving you the mortgage, which is the mortgage protection, and then look at a holistic financial plan for you and your family, and which essentially means looking at how do you income protection work? How you benefits in work? Have you personal cover you need to consider? And then, t- t- I suppose, instead of doing it all at one time, is make sure that you map it out correctly so you understand exactly what you have, exactly what you're paying for, and exactly how it's going to be paid out. And essentially, in an hour, sitting in a branch somewhere around Ireland, you're not going to get that level of no. understanding, education, and you're going to be completely, or um, I suppose, confused about what you've actually taken out. And unfortunately, again, back to the scenario, if someone passes away or someone gets ill and they have illness cover on their mortgage gets paid directly to the bank because they own that plan so why would you uh, not extrapolate light cover out and endless cover separate where the payment goes to you so you can decide and your family can decide depending on the inlist whether you want to pay your mortgage off early or you want to if you can't work for years you have that buffer of elements of cover in your bank that you can you can distribute the way you want it versus going directly to the bank but again that's more advice based i suppose what beat the bank.ie does it's more getting people cover uh, that essentially takes the box for them, and essentially does it in a much more timely fashion than it would if you go through your institution that you're you're taking the loan out with.
0: Yeah, well. I'll, I'll tell you exactly what I did, which is probably everything wrong that you're not supposed to do. Uh, yeah, given your is we were, we were, you know, most people are rushing to get those keys for the house. You've got it said agreed. Your mortgage uh, valuations have gone in. The approval's gone through and you just want to get the sale closed and over the line and agreed. And I think for us, it was coming up to Christmas. We had a baby on the way and we just wanted mm. the keys to the house so we could get in and we would assign anything to get those keys at that point. So yeah. we didn't even worry about that. it. It's such a, it's a long term issue that you think, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to pass away or, you know, I'm not worried about if the mortgage gets paid i just want the house right now that's all you're focused on after a long buying process um and i probably went in we as you said we went into the local ebs and they probably put a couple of proposals on the table and we just signed whatever it was Mm -hmm. we didn't care at that point it just said look if this gets us the keys quicker we'll take it and it's only after we were in the house for maybe a year or two and they look back and take stock and you go well actually That policy completely doesn't work for us uh and i think you i think what you say uh, almost the majority of buyers these days do just go with whatever their bank provides and whether they're with aib or ebs or bank of ireland uh, each of them have it's not actually provided by them it's provided by a separate um insurer like irish life or something like that um I, i think a lot of people are making that error what what do you guys do and why have you come to trying to shake up the market and change that
1: uh, I suppose, the, so I'll just start with the second question first. So, so the reason why I, why I set up the site is um I'd worked for a big live company for about 15 years, got unbelievable training in relation to, you know, customer f- financial planning, I suppose, and a lot of different skill sets and worked in a lot of different areas within, within the company. Uh, but essentially, I went on to Common to one of the largest uh, banks in Ireland for four years. Uh, and I suppose financial planning, doesn't really fit into a banking model, uh, in my view, uh, because it's more, the banking model is more transactionary. So you want a mortgage, you apply for a mortgage. You want a car loan, you apply for car loan. You want PCP through, through your local dealer. It's done through a bank. So essentially, it comes to life insurance. While it is a transaction for mortgage, is you're just one of them, of a massive amount of number of people on a spreadsheet in some branch and that they have to get you, uh, I suppose, uh, the cover to give you the mortgage. So, I suppose, why over the years, I'd seen a lot of people, uh, probably pre-COVID and before I left, where you were dragging two people into a branch to sign yeah. a form from two parts of Dublin. Completely frustrated because they weren't positioned with the life cover or the elements of need early on in the stage. Um, and, you know, the traffic in Dublin uh, essentially is, uh, I cover Dublin, so it was trying to b- bring people in to two different parts of um, Dublin into one branch to sign a form. Now, that's probably not down to the bank. That's probably the life companies because they they were sort of not forward-thinking in the sense that you're moving towards a digital environment where you had to yeah. physically sign so essentially what happened in COVID is, uh, I suppose, the opportunity or the last piece of the jigsaw for us uh, came to came to the forefront. Life companies were forced to be able to accept electronic signatures. So as a yeah. result of that, it was the last piece of jigsaw for us to say, we can now build a digital journey for a client, to strip out all the stresses and hassles of having to go off and ring ring different life companies to get different prices. To compare apples and oranges because some people uh, call like endless cover, for example, specimen cover. Some call us critical cover. So people don't understand what they're actually comparing it, comparing. So when we built the site, the, the, the main things we wanted was that they get a quote in seconds from all the providers. Okay. And then they're able to apply in minutes without someone. Ring them up and saying, you should consider this, you should consider that, uh, just just to sell add-ons, okay? Um, so essentially giving people the solution they wanted. And again, we're probably more, um, would you say, uh, more open to these sort of digital environments because of companies like Revolut, who are a digital bank. They give you a better service than your local branch, yet they don't even have a license in Ireland. Now, but they have a European license to operate here, but they give you an unbelievable suite of products within one app. So I sort of took pieces of the jigsaw from loads of different, uh, I suppose, companies that we'd read white papers on, that we'd seen startups in different countries and said, we can do something here that's going to add value to the clients and more importantly, it's going to give them value. By stripping out interaction with human beings, it means that the costs are cheaper. If the costs are cheaper, you transfer back to the person who's the end user. So people sometimes say, that's only 20 euro. It's only 30 euro. That's what you say to me, there's a difference of 20 quid a month. That's 20 quid a month. Every month for twelve months by thirty 35 thirty five years. That means, years, yeah. and again, in that I'm going to give you that's two hundred and forty euro. Okay, over say thirty years, right? So just roughly say it's six and a seven grand. You have to earn fifteen thousand more yeah. of your income over that period for the exact same plan. It's life covers life core. So people say, oh well, Irish life are better than Zurich or the better at Viva. At the end of the day, life core pays a benefit out in the event of death. Okay, once you have filled in the application to the best of your knowledge and the best of your ability, and it's accepted by the life company, they're standing over that risk. So what you're doing is you're paying a premium to transfer the risk off your shoulders to a life company in the event of something happened to you. Mm -hmm. Protects the bank first, but essentially protects your family to be able to stay in the home. So that's why Beat the Bank was what I suppose was the sort of the, the brainchild for me was we have to give people a better experience in the insurance industry. Because it's absolutely archaic. Um, And there's very few companies that can offer digital end-to-end. And I suppose from our point of view, it's not an advice-based service. Okay, It's a very different service to what I do day-to-day in relation to my financial planning matters business. But it's something that people want in a particular transaction. So it's back to transaction versus advice. So that's why I don't feel financial planning will ever work in a banking environment. Is because it's very hard to give someone a, 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 a sort of a, a journey of financial planning where you're adding value over twenty, thirty years because you're just a number in a spreadsheet, like two, two million customers of a big of a big institution. Where if you go to someone like ourselves on the financial planning side, you're getting a bespoke advice based on your personal circumstances because your circumstances, Ben, for example, would be very different to my circumstances, be very different to people that work with us. So they're different types of clients, but they're looking for different types of needs at different stages of their life.
0: Yeah, I think what you're saying about the um, the digital end-to-end experience is just perfect. And COVID was the perfect time where the technology just got to the right level. At the same time, everyone was forced to start to using Zoom, and it kind of broke the old system where you always had to go into the bank branch to sign it. Now everyone was much more happy you're talking to a broker over uh, online, signing with DocuSign or other sort of forms mm-hmm. online, and it seems to have really shifted the market. So now you can, do, as you say, something like mortgage protection. It's it's not sexy, it's, uh, no offence, no. but it's something that you need to have done to buy the house, and that's the mm-hmm. exciting part. It's getting the keys to your own front door. But it's something you it's a, a legal requirement to have. If you're getting a mortgage out, and you just want to get it done out the way. You've got a ton of other things to worry about, and this is something yeah. that you can just simply with you know a few a few keystrokes, a few clicks on your website, you can get it done very quickly. And uh, you know, by cutting out all the people, the staff, the office locations, you can cut the costs and give them the best the best. Option.
1: Yeah, I suppose, I mean, the other reason, I suppose, why we've been slow to move in relation to other products is because I wanted to make sure that we had the digital journey and the user interface and the experience mastered. Because this yeah. is something that you have to get, okay? Other financial products like uh, income protection, illness cover, pensions, they're not mandatory. But if we can give people the experience that they, they get in their mortgage, because let's be honest, most people, maximum will do two, three mortgages in their lifetime. So they remember you for the making it as easy as possible, because we're trying to take away the stress um, at the stage of the mortgage journey when they want to just get it in and get done to the house. But essentially in the future is when we build out the proposition is that people will remember us for good experience, positive feedback, all that sort of stuff. So we can take that and build other journeys and other products. So when they're at different stage of life, they can reengage with us. So as you said, mortgage section is not the most sexiest plan in the world or insurance is not the most sexiest industry in the world. But essentially we serve a purpose for the client at a really important time in their life when they need support. And when, as as anyone who's listened to this podcast will know, that's come through, uh, beat the bank versus another provider. Some people have applied three or four weeks before they come to us and saying, "Jesus, I haven't got a um, reply yet." And we'll say, "Well, listen, we we'll get your reply in a week. We we'll get your reply in in, in a day." Because we have uh, access to underwriters. We've access to a business manager dedicated. We've access to all the lenders. If you don't get insured with the lender that we preferred, preferred provider, we go with, we can go off to other chief medical officers. I've done it for people. And if they ailments that listen, that they don't think they're maybe going to be covered for, we can step in early on in the stages and say, well, this is what we need to get to get you to to the stage of you getting a more protection plan. So it's it's back to your scenario there of going to the bank. That's fine. But we find a lot of people now, the mortgage age is sort of, is sort of ticking up. People are getting mortgages later in life. If they're getting sure. later in life, ailments happen. Uh, obviously, you mightn't think it's an ailment or it's going to infect your plan, but it's really important for us to manage expectations. And the brand and the experience we build is getting people in early, educating them early, understanding what they're applying for, and then helping them along the journey to get them the peace of mind to know that mortgage protection is not going to be the blocker for them drawing down on a mortgage. Because unfortunately, the early stages of the site, we had people coming to us at the very, very end, like yourself. Unfortunately, they have ailments. Uh, A Life Assurance Company is a risk manager at the end of the day. So they'll only take on certain levels of risk based on the information they're given. And unfortunately, not everyone gets covered. So if you don't get cover, it's really hard to draw down a mortgage. There is a situation where you can draw down a mortgage without having life cover if you're declined from a number of life companies and the bank are willing to accept that. But that's a very, very risky situation for your yourself and your family to be in having no cover available on 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 a, on a mortgage.
0: Okay, yeah. I wanted to focus on this, on this topic a bit more because I see you um, advising people and commenting on this quite a lot. So often, as I did, you rush to get the mortgage protection at the last minute. And, I, you know, I was buying when I was 28, 29. It was fairly straightforward. We had no issues with a long life ahead of us, hopefully. It was quite straightforward. But if people are rushing at the last minute and there's some technicalities or they have a pre-existing condition, they might Mm. run into problems and they might need some extra reports. What what sort of issues do you find? What sort of pre-existing conditions do you find are a problem? And what do people need to do to sort of prove to the bank that they are, you know, okay to be insured?
1: Um, so, so we, we find a lot of people would, because people are more conscious of their health than they maybe they were 20 years ago, is people go for tests, uh, like whether it's through medicals, through work, or just random based on family history, right? So, suppose we, things I would see on a daily basis coming in is things like diabetes. It's a hu- huge amount of people have diabetes. A lot more They'll either you. have a combination of high blood pressure, high cholesterol. They might have family hereditary history in relation to Cancer, heart attacks, and strokes that before the age of sixty, but when there's a mum and dad, they mightn't feel that that's anything to do with them. But as an insurer, there is a, a strict, I suppose, I suppose, criteria in relation to what they can accept and what they can't accept. So, I suppose that is why early on, I said to people is when you get your approval in principle, it's really important because like that's not going to really change the amount you qualify for and the term you the term you qualify gives you sort of the opportunity to go with a shopping on what properties you can sort of fit in based on the Much Savings app. But essentially, if they apply early, there's things like we will need to get from people, which is what's called a PMA report from your doctor. So it's essentially a report that's sent out by the life company to qualify the information that you've given, to make sure that the medication is right that you've said, and to make sure that the, that the dates around what you've given is secure. Because essentially, when you're applying for cover at the very start, it's like the it's like the claim stage because they do really literally look at the detail you sent in and they look at what what, what uh, where you're at in life or what happened when you passed away and they make sure that they can pay out the claim. So it's really important to say is and because a lot of people feedback again is. Oh, well, Royal London are not as uh, well-known as other life companies in Ireland. Royal London pay out the most claims in relation to mortgage protection. They're the number one provider in Ireland for mortgage protection. And essentially, they pay ninety nine percent of their claims in relation to mortgage protection. So, while their underwriting can be a bit more stringent than maybe other companies, they can stand over the claims. So, again, back to, I suppose, what the question you asked me is, uh, getting in early, and applying early will maybe we can hand a hand, handhold people to say this is what's required this consultant report that you have from three years ago you need to get that because we can't chase up with the gps the gps won't take a, any calls from us sure, we sure. are an intermediary so it's making sure that people understand that it's not like purchasing house insurance where you just put in the value the rebuild costs and you get the plan generated within thirty thirty 30 seconds yeah. it's there is a, there is a, there is an actual underwriting process. It can take time. We, we do say we can get cover through within a couple of hours. We can also get cover through in a couple of months. It all depends on the person's level of cover, their health history, their smoker status, and I suppose the term they're looking for the cover. So we will do our very, very best to help people through that process, but it, it can only be done if you apply early and, and get secured uh, cover early. So you've got the peace of mind to know that you can draw down the cover. So. That like the illnesses is, 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 is one. It's not to say like, and back to the, what I mentioned about diabetes and high blood pressure, they don't refuse people. Very few people get refused for that because it's right. different levels of it. There's type one, there's type two, sure. there's high blood pressure, there can be high BMI, but essentially the outcome can be there could be a postponement because you might have tests coming up. There could be, um, a, a full decline because they feel they can't afford to take that risk on based on the information provided. There could be a loading on the plan. A loading essentially is that, listen, because you're on these certain tablets for that period of time, there's a 50, 100% loading on the premium for normal rates or so standard a higher rates rate, essentially. A higher rate, maybe but they're still going to cover risk. you. Yeah. You're still okay, going to cover you yeah. Or there might be a situation where they might exclude you. So if you have a history or you've had uh, say, for example, you had a valve fitted in relation to your heart and we will exclude you for uh, debt in relation to heart stack. So people right. might say, well, that well, then why the you take out the cover? Well, a- again, it's back to if you don't take the coverage, you're not going to get the mortgage. House. But yeah. at the same point in time, it's, it's, it's making sure that they can stand over the claim. It's not personal because they have underwriters, reassurers behind them to say, can we take on this risk and can we stand over the claim? And I said, like Now, I mean, I'm talking about the 5% of applications that come in because most of them few. are straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. But just as a, a lot of people will contact us asking us because maybe they've gone elsewhere, maybe they've got the answer they didn't want. Um, mm. And the, I, what I'm saying to you is Ireland is a small pool. Uh, there's not that many insurers. So it's just making sure that you put the right information down and also is that you follow through with the information they require because they're there to insure you. They're not there to not pay out claims. They're definitely not there to not insure you.
0: And is there any hope for anyone who's had serious illness, like say they're recovering from cancer or maybe they're in remission? Are they able to get cover? Uh, and is there anything around sort of COVID or long COVID that is causing people problems to get?
1: yeah i suppose at, at the start now when we started the site in 2019 there was there was because covid is very much unknown at that point in time 2020 2021 is they're very reluctant to be able to you know they might say it might be three months postponement or six months postponement since you were since you had suffered covid because with different symptoms and people had different you know uh, reactions to it now we saw not re- the
0: time if it was going to be benign or if yeah and you know, now a lot, almost 50 percent of the population have had it now so it can't be a a factor that excludes people from this anymore.
1: But but essentially as well, there was different age categories it was higher risk for. Now, I'm not saying that COVID has uh, disappeared because it's not, but, but no. essentially is they're not as strict in relation to, you know, postponements in relation to COVID or long COVID because we, we know it's kind of something we have to live with. Um and insurance yeah. companies know that like it's not going to it to impact a lot of people in ways like in our sort of cohort between in thirty their mortgage 30 buying and 40, years
0: in their thirties yeah. and forties, it's more exactly. likely to be a higher risk, and even there's a low risk but a higher risk for seventy year olds and eighty year olds. Yeah,
1: yes. So so it's 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 it, it sort of uh, dissipated in relation to suppose the amount of follow ups and you know uh, queries in relation yeah. to when you got us, what were the symptoms. Now, there's one really important thing is a lot of people who would apply early with us is you have and you're accepted for cover is after three months, if you haven't drawn down on the cover, okay, they'll still stand over uh, giving you cover but you have to sign what's called a declaration of health. And what that essentially is is making sure that nothing has changed in your health history since you applied to when you draw down the cover. Sure. Okay. So then when it goes over 12 months is you have to reapply for cover because it's gone too long and obviously you have to go back into the process. But just making sure you get uh, accepted early and then you can have a declaration of health signed and the plan documents issued. Now, once nothing has changed in your health in those three months or four months or five month period. Um, but 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 essentially, is it's the ailments are something that is part of life. We all live with them at different types of ailments at different stages of life. Uh, but there's just absolutely no problem, in, I suppose. And back to your question about cancer. Yes, cancer is obviously Listen, it's probably the highest claims they pay out for relation to illness cover. But once you've been sort of in remission for maybe three to five years, I would say to people, yes, it's absolutely apply for cover. I I'd normally take people offline and say, maybe send me an email or send the chief medical officer for the light company an email, given your background, the treatments you had, where you're at now, the medication you take and how it's affecting your life. Now, before you apply, because I want to manage people's expectations, but at the same point in time is... I don't want you to apply and get declined and then you feel that you're, you're, you've wasted your time. It's making sure that we try and manage the, the situation because no two no two applications are ever the same Ben,
0: It's good to hear actually that even though your system is digital and, and sort of somewhat automated, it's not a, a case of computer says no. If you tick the wrong box, you know, I had something previously, it's a no. There, There is a a, a, a process, a subjective process there that you can manage the situation, you can give extra information, you can go and, Plead your case essentially to the, uh, to the insurer and they will give you something that is encouraging.
1: Yeah. And I've got, I've had, there's two or three people probably listen to this. who will know uh, because they're, they're, I've done it for them is we have literally pushed back and pushed back on, on underwriters and reassurers in relation to treated harshly in relation to loadings or, being postponed or declined and they've gone and got separate reports in independent reports because like this means a lot to people like obviously if we're Coolness, coming off of re- yeah. renting to a mortgage you're going to be saving on the money. And it's the biggest financial decision you'll ever make in your life. Yeah. So it's, I understand that because I'm in the industry 18 years. I've been through it myself three times. And recently moved three times. So I do understand how important it is. It's not a computer says, No, it can't be. Just because you move to digital doesn't mean you, you just forget about uh, customer service. Like we have over 150 Trust Pilot reviews. And the reason we have yeah. that is because I'm very passionate in giving people a good experience digitally, right, which is what people want when they want. But if they need us to help them at some point in time, it's to take it offline and follow up an email or no problem making calls to people and sort of pointing in the right direction if they need it. But again, there are very few cases, but essentially you can't just shut off the whole uh, human interaction or customer service because at the end of the day, we don't have a business if we don't have any customers. That's just a fact. So it's making sure, and we're not a big company, we haven't got budgets like the big life companies. So essentially is every person we help will tell somebody else because they've had a positive experience. That's really important to me. It's instilled in the team. It's every email needs to be... Like an example would be every email we get, we get hundreds a day, has to be replied to within 24 hours because we have to be better than what other people are avoiding. The site is called that name for that particular reason because if we, um, at, at this point in time, it's even not even that Even the banks hate
0: it, yeah. It, it's not
1: that hard for us to be in a more positive light than a bank because no. they sort of shoot themselves in the foot in lots of different ways. But if we if we can help them, the consumer and the end user and if I can help them, what's going to happen? They're going to come back to me and look for advice in other areas of life whether it's down the road, whether their kids need a mortgage, whether they're looking for advice in to educational funds or if if they're looking for advice in relation to old pensions or some circumstance change of life, they go, geez, those lads help me. I must ask them. That'll be the first point of the call. So that's where we're at, is we're building a brand with a positive environment, with a positive team behind me, that we can essentially give them what they want, when they want, and then they can re-engage at some point in time in the future.
0: Yeah, it's great to see a company being built up from the ground up essentially. And as you mentioned, your trust pilot reviews are glowing. Uh, and the, you know, the people, you know, we see on Instagram, people like Kieran cr- at Crazy House Prices that used you and recommends you highly. Uh, you know, a lot of people are, are giving really positive uh, responses. So if, anyone's out there and they're getting to that stage in their, they've said agreed or even before that, let's get, get them in early, as you say. Um, and instead of hearing what their bank has to say on the, on the mortgage protection life insurance, what should they do? They come to e the and then what's in process and what do they need paperwork wise to apply with you?
1: So, so essentially, uh, I, I'd say for someone who doesn't have any ailments, sale agreed is probably a good time to get in because you're eight, as I said, right. said to you already, eight to 12 weeks is probably the drawdown time at this point in time in where we are. Uh, it can be quicker, but, uh, that's probably a good time frame. If you have any ailments, you get into the approval and principal stage uh, because that's not going to change the amount you qualify for, for the term. But essentially, it's, it's what you do. You come onto the side, beat the bank that you put in the amount of cover you need your age, the term you need it for, whether you're a smoker or a non-smoker. We have built an engine in the background that uh, that uh, looks at all the life companies in Ireland. So from your Irish Lives to your Zurichs, to your Avivas, to New Ireland, to Royal London. And what it does is it takes all them and it discounts it. So we take a, a large chunk of commission sacrifice on on the plan. And the reason we can do that, as I said to you, is back to we don't have tens of tens of people in a call centre environment having to yeah. take calls okay so what happens then is you get the premium and the premium will be guaranteed to be the cheapest in ireland okay yeah. uh, and again cheapest I, I would say to you people say cheapest isn't always best but what we're doing here is we're giving you a, a better product than what you what you would get if you went to a large institution like the pillar banks in ireland because yeah. they only third as, as you know they're tied to one insurer so when you go to new ireland uh, with, with bank of ireland or you go to aib it goes with irish life is they're tied to one insurer. We're yeah. discounting the whole market, okay? And um, now people will say, "Well, we don't like that model," and in the industry, because listen, you're you're, you're sort of your it's called aggregator model, like the MoneySupermarket.com. Yeah. We're giving somebody an experience that's far slicker. So once they're happy with the quote, they can either email the quote themselves and say, "We're actually not in the pro- in the process of buying." Yes, we don't have our AIP. Yet. You email it to you, the brochures there, the term is there, everything's there. The quote is valid up until your next date of birth. Um, or 30 days, depending on which comes first. Okay. Or if they say, actually, we're ready to go. We've done our research. You click apply now. It brings you straight to our, uh, the application process. You fill in your application, which can take maximum, maximum I'm saying four or five minutes, depending right. on, again, back to ailments or no elements. But I said 95% of people, it's, it's straight through. Um, and essentially what happens is then it goes straight into the underwriter and it's in the queue to be seen by an underwriter within 24 hours. So we have turnaround times and SLA or service level agreements with our, pro- our pro- providers to make sure the person uh, stacks up with, the, with, with our sort of values, which is getting back to people in a timely fashion. So then people will either get, next steps will be, you're accept some people get emails within three hours, you're accepted. Some people get emails saying, you're accepted in 24 hours. Some people say, well, we need the following details. Like maybe, for example, asthma. Do you use an inhaler or do, how long have you had it? Simple things just to be clarified by the underwriter that doesn't have to go to a doctor or their previous doctor or the current doctor. So uh, once once that's there, the decision is made and all that happens then is they give us a start date and we get the plan documents and our emails directly to you. So one question people always ask me is, well, hold on, I haven't got a house yet. or don't know where I'm going to buy, what, what address I'll put on. I said, put the address on of your parents, maybe, or put the address of, of maybe your your, your way you're renting. But the documents get emailed to you. So because, again, back to the environment of, you know, you have to print the documents, bring them physically to the right. bank. The deed yeah, of assignment really had to be signed really by the solicitor, had to be brought then to, to your provider. Now it's digital. So it's, it's a digital yeah. certificate. You get sent, cover, cover the policy schedule, the amount of cover you get, the term you get it for, and you send it to your your lender and it's accepted. Fantastic. So,
0: Fantastic. Great. <laughs> yeah, it does seem the, like it's taking the hassle away of something that shouldn't, shouldn't be delaying people at this stage in their in the buying process when they've got a lot of other things going on and they can get the best rates as well. So that's fantastic. Well, so everyone now can find you beat the You're also great on social media as well. Your Instagram is the same uh, beat the And you do a lot of really good posts there. Um, and where can anyone else find you?
1: So, so I started a financial planning matters, which is, is our, um, as our core business, which would be we deal with a lot of tech companies, professionals, self-employed, young professionals and their families. So we build financial plans for people. So great. And um, uh, FEMS.ie would be the main core business where I'm in, in today. I'm very, very fortunate to have a good team, both, uh, I suppose, both camps. And um, so I suppose beat the bank is something I would do in relation to, if there's any queries come up in relation to medicals, some of that I definitely get involved. But the day-to-day job for me would be building financial plans for people, adding value at different stages of life. I have a background in 18 years in the industry. i have a master's. I'm what's called Certified Financial Planner. So I suppose I'm giving people different experiences based on different stages of life. But predominantly FMs studies where, where I'm asked. Right. So if, you if, can if anyone in, needs more, <clears> throat> <protection>, throat>
0: they, can, uh, they can come to you there as well for yeah. More, yeah. sort of wholesale, larger yeah. financial but, advice and guidance.
1: Yeah, I'd also say on on we're launching income protection because it's for me it's probably the most important financial product you'll ever you'll ever take out. Uh, because it protects your income between now and retirement. So we're building and testing at the moment. That yeah. will be live in probably the next month. Um, and obviously, if you're taking out a mortgage, it's really important that obviously the, the, the income drives the repayments of the mortgage. Yes. Some people haven't worked. if They're fortunate enough to work for a big tech company, but Ireland is built on SMEs and, and sole traders. Yeah. So it's really important that they understand that while they're in that buying cycle of a, of a house in the mortgage collection, if they understand that that's probably the most important financial product that you'd ever buy in your life and um, and you get you get tax refunds on it the government give you 20% or 40% back right. so that's what that's the next if you
0: stage you lose your job or is that yeah. a serious illness
1: so so that's no that's a, if you're if you're ever out of work due to injury illness or accident so right. it doesn't have yeah. a list of illnesses it actually right. covers a vast array of them and it's you can claim as many times you want between now and retirement but we will yeah. see people being out of work for longer and not 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 passing away because people live much longer now but get diagnosed yes. as illness younger yes Okay. Okay.
0: Interesting. We're well, looking forward yeah. to seeing that. And you're going to have a whole, a whole suite of, uh, of products there with Beat the Bank in the, in the next few years. So I'm very excited about that. Well, now thanks for coming yeah. on today. It's been great. And uh, I think it's been really useful for Thank my you.
1: audience. thanks for having me on, Ben. Really feature. Welcome
0: back to our final features. We're going to be covering In, Out and Away, where we look at an area where you can buy a house in Ireland, within the city, on the outskirts of the city, and away out in the countryside. So far, we've done Dublin, we've done Galway, we've done Cork. Uh, I thought we'd go for another fine historic city that we haven't really covered yet. And this week, we're going to Limerick. Limerick is a great town. There is a lot of great old Victorian and Georgian property stock in there. There's also a lot of dereliction as well, unfortunately. It's one of those cities that uh, needs, needs a huge improvement, but could be an incredible town. But there are some great bargains to be had if you're working in the area. Or uh, commuting from there, then it could be a great town to buy a house affordably, and you may get more value for money than elsewhere in the country. So for this week's in, out, and away, we've set a price range of under three hundred thousand euros, basically from two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand euros. Let's see what we can buy for our in this week. I've picked out this forty-four St Joseph Street. It's on the market for two hundred fifty thousand. It's a three-bed, one-bath, uh, extended to just over 100 square meters. The red brick mid-terrace, lovely red door, very striking. Going inside, it's in okay condition. could move in now. It looks like it's probably been a rental or hasn't been updated for many years. But it's only a small house. You could quickly update this with a little bit of spare money after you've bought it. This could be a fantastic family home, small three-bed. But if you wanted to be in the heart of Limerick City Centre, uh, you couldn't get much better than this. You're only about one street away from the People's Park the main station and the main hospital there as well and very close to the River Shannon. This could be a brilliant family home for living in the city centre. The main downside is it only has a very tiny courtyard garden and the parking is on street outside. But these are the things that many learn to live with living in the big city. Now for our out this week, this looks like a property that would normally be in our away section. It's an old kind of farmhouse with a historic barn next to it. It's actually only just on the outskirts of the city within the ring road, uh, this side of the Clonmacken roundabout. And it's very close to the river, as the name would imply. This is Shannon View. It's on the market for €290,000. The main house is a three bed. It's got two large rooms downstairs and three beds upstairs and two baths. And then there is a separate barn with a huge ground floor and then a vast open plan rafted beans, open space. This could be a fabulous unit. You could turn it into... Workspace, you could make it part of a living space for the house. You could even use it as a yoga studio or something like that. Um, huge ideas with this house, only for €290,000. This is an incredible buy. The main house is 100 square meters, but then the barn is probably the same again. All in all, it's on 0.6 of an acre. What a contrast this is with our in property. Uh, similar amount of house, but a huge amount more outside space, and that barn, which you could do something with, all just on the outside of the city. Finally, for our away, I really had to push out a lot further outside of Limerick to find something interesting here. I've come about 45 minutes to the north. This is Clondorney in Tulla, uh, in County Clare, just over the border there. It is a detached four-bed, three-bath house. It's 165 square meters, and it's C2 rated. Built in 2006, this is a beautiful, modern-looking farmhouse with whitewashed outside walls and three beautiful peaked roofs. Inside, there is a stunning hall of marble on the floor, uh, open plan staircase and there's some beautiful living spaces on the ground floor here two cozy living rooms and then a large kitchen with a big island unit and a separate dining room to the side opening out onto the garden upstairs is four bedrooms one master ensuite and then a family bathroom as well overall it's situated on half an acre this is a beautiful beautiful house on the market for three hundred euro that's fantastic value for money if you're happy to either work from home or a 45 minute commute into limerick wouldn't bother you so which would you choose? In property, Joseph Street, over a three-bed red brick terrace in the heart of Limerick City, a Shannon view on the outskirts on the ring road there, the attached house with a barn, or would you go for the beautiful, modern 165 square meter detached house out in the Clare countryside, about a 45-minute commute from the city center, all under €300,000. Tell us which one you would choose on our social media. Now, for new home versus old home, we're sticking with Limerick. And we have found this beautiful scheme of new builds in a little town on the west side of Limerick, just outside the city centre called Mungret. It's a kosh temple, the new, new build scheme being sold by O'Connor Murphy estate agents. There's a range of two, three and four beds, starting with two beds for two hundred and ninety thousand euros, up to three beds of a terrace of three hundred and sixty five thousand, the three beds semi detached to three ninety, and the four beds are four fifty to five hundred. This is an attractive looking scheme of modern houses and nice landscaping. You're close to the Limerick University Hospital there. There's a new Educate together around the corner. This would be a fine location if you wanted a brand new build just on the outskirts of the city. These homes are built to a brilliant A2 standard with air to water heat pumps, underfloor heating on the ground floor and finished to the front with nice Kilkenny limestone. So if here you can get a three bed terrace for 365,000 euros that's about 110 square meters. Or let's look at our old home. And you know, I like a contrast. So I picked something as old as I could find. This is the coach house built in the 1860s, as the name implies, as a coach house for one of the neighboring larger estates. It has been recently and modernly converted in 2003 to a nice three-bed family home. It's 107 square meters. so It's actually the same size as the new build three-bed terrace in Kosh Temple. But it is a in design. The interiors probably need an update, but it has some fine features such as exposed walls on the inside. Upstairs is three good sized bedrooms and a bathroom. It's a D2 rated house, so some work to be done there. But look, it gives you a bit of history. And uh, you know, how do you think this compares to the new? It's a fine, interesting period house that has been cleverly modernized. Needs a bit more work to be done again, but compare that to the brand new build, A2 rated for a similar price, similar size. This is probably the easiest one I've had so far. I think I'd probably go with the new build, even though I like the older houses. um, They do look pretty good. But you tell me what you think. Go to our social media at Irish Home Magazine and vote for which one you would choose. Now, this week for our news, I am going to be covering a survey that was carried out by Switcher.ie, your go-to place for online comparison of broadband, energy, mortgages and insurance. They have just released results of a study about the best places to work from home in Ireland. They mainly looked at access to broadband and 5G mobile, but also things like access to green spaces, outdoors, the coast, a number of gyms and leisure centers in the area, number of cafes and coffee shops and food delivery services, and proximity to health services and surgeries, GPs, and schools. They released the top 10 list of the best places to work. Some of the top 10 include Longford, Gorey, Plomel, Mallow, and Port The final top three were number three, Navin, popular commuter town, but also in its own right has a really vibrant high street with shops and boutiques and restaurants and takeaways, uh, as well as very high broadband and 5G levels. Number two was Leakstead, a brilliant town uh, on the outskirts of Dublin, but also a great little center in its own right. Loads of sporting facilities and outdoors around you there. Um, and finally, the number one was Castle Bar. They call it a vibrant market town with a winning mixture of leisure amenities, speedy broadband and 5G, and plenty of green space. Other highlights include the best towns to keep fit and healthy. They were number one, Gorry, uh, two, Malahide, and three, Castle Bar. These are areas with lots of parks and a high number of gyms per 1,000 people. The best place to work from home with a family, number one, again, Castle Bar, but number two, Art Club. I'm very pleased to see that in my hometown here, and uh, then Middleton, and then Cove, and then Enniscorthy in the top five. These are towns where house prices are reasonable, crime rates is low, good number of GPs, and there's a very high-ranking schools. Now, the best small towns to eat at home or on the go—they uh, came in as number one, Navan; number two, Galway, of course. But then three was Nace, and four Bray, and 5 Carlo, Carlow—all towns with a good social scene and a lot of food and restaurants and takeaways. Finally, they did release the uh, the bad list: the five worst towns to be in for broadband and five G specifically. And they were number five, Talamore, number four, Skerries; number three, Sellbridge was surprising, uh, number two, Cove, unfortunately, and number one, Shannon. If you want to see more about the report, it's very interesting. There's more detail there. Go to switcher.ie uh, and it's a great place to go to do some comparisons on your mortgage and your insurance and your broadband and energy bills. That's us for this week. Thanks very much for tuning in. We've covered most of Sale Agreed now. Um, if you are thinking about mortgage protection, get in there early. Go to thebank.e and talk to my friend Nile there and get your mortgage protection sorted sooner rather than later. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be tailing off with a couple of the last bits and pieces before you finally move house and start thinking about what you're going to do to your new house when you get into it. So stay tuned. Subscribe to Irish Home Magazine because even after we finish this season of buying your first home, we're going to have more seasons about more interesting topics around the house and home in Ireland. And we have loads of stuff over on our social media as well. Go find us at Irish Home Magazine on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. All the best. Thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you next week.